0: Welcome, undraftedfreeagent.com, episode six of the mid-major podcast. I'm Chris McKee. Thanks for joining us. Also want to give a special shout out to those who have downloaded and listened the first five episodes of the pod, getting some pretty good downloads, some pretty good numbers. So things moving, slow motion better than no motion, but Appreciate the support today. I want to go through some of the mid-major programs that are at the gate quickly. So some of the teams that are 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, just kind of want to highlight some of them because a lot of these schools don't get any love. So we'll talk a little bit about them. I also have an announcement I'm going to make. I'm going to be a part of a TV show. So this is me teasing it. And throughout the pod, I'm going to explain what the show is, how I'm involved, and pretty excited about it. So we'll get to that. And I also wanted to get into the not-so-mid-major conversation about Nate Oates and his war of words with Coach K, Mike Chuzewski of Duke. So I don't know, and if you saw it yesterday in Nate Oates press conference, he kind of called out Coach K because Coach K is talking about how he wants to cancel college basketball now. And part of that reason is Duke is 2-2 two two out the gate. They've lost twice at home this year for the first time in I don't know how long, selling loose to Illinois the other day and wasn't even close and they have got a very well, I mean I shouldn't say a poor recruiting class but compared to Duke in years past nowhere near the kind of classes they had with like Zion and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish and Trey Jones and all these guys coming in so Nate called him out and I'm happy to see and he also talked about the importance of continuing to play college basketball right now for the mental health and physical health of the kids so I do want to touch a little bit about that. I, I got to know Nate Oates a little bit when he was the head coach at Buffalo for a couple of years from 2015 to 19. So that's kind of why I'm going to talk about it on the mid-major pod today. But first things first, want to get into some of the mid-majors that are out the gate quickly, including the Jacksonville Dolphins. They're 5-2. and two. Head coach Tony Yassick or Jassick, I hope I'm saying that right. He's been a head coach in Jacksonville since 2014. They're down in the Atlantic Sun, the A Sun, and right now they're five and two, led by Dontarius James, who's averaging 19.3 points per game for the first seven games for Jacksonville. This kid's an Xavier transfer, so I mean a high major get to you know for for Tony to get him down to Jacksonville. That's pretty big. Uh, Dontarius also played at Huntington Prep, which is the big prep school in West Virginia. I know that because that's where Andrew Wiggins played his prep ball. And I'm a Toronto guy and I followed everything Andrew did. And one of the cool things I loved about Andrew going to Kansas is, you know, Americans, you guys take this for granted, the amount of college sports you get access to on TV. We don't get that much in Canada. You got to really find it. Other than the big, you know, you're going to get the college football game on CBS on Saturday and Uh, you know, ABC, whatever, but not a lot of college basketball here and there until the tournament. But when Wiggins went to Kansas, TSN played every single game of the season and got pretty good ratings. And so what that led them to do is then from there on in, started picking up a heck of a lot more men's and women's college basketball games. So pretty cool to see. So thanks Wiggins for that and Huntington Prep. But um, other teams, mid-major teams out the gate quickly. So in the A 10 Richmond and St. Louis, both 4-0. We've talked a lot about Richmond. That's a team of men. They are going to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Mark my words on it. They're pretty good. So you know, go back and listen to some of the previous pods, us talking Richmond, and I'm sure we'll cover them throughout the season because they are one of three mid-major teams who are ranked, including Gonzaga, number one, of course. On pause this week, we we talked a lot about that in episode five. You want to go back and listen to that. And, of course, Richmond, uh, number 19, they should – move up and then san diego state number 24 who's looking really good right now we'll, we'll touch on them a little bit but uh other mid-major teams out the gate quick southern utah four and one of the big sky their head coach todd simon is in their fifth year leading scorer tavion jones who's a transfer from illinois another high major kid you know taking a step down to a pretty good mid-major and it's allowing him to have success much the same way you see with don jones you know these these are guys that are you know averaging two or three points a game and In a major conference team comeback now, you see 18, 19 points a game. Tavion's got 18.8 points per game so far. He's the younger brother of Torin, who's in the NBA G League and played his college ball at Missouri and, of course, Fresno State as well. Campbell, another mid-major program. Off to a really good start. They're 4-0 in the Big South Conference. Their head coach, Kevin McKeegan, in his eighth year. And one of the things, Campbell's one of those teams where if I asked you right now, where is Campbell University located, go. Well, I I didn't know. I had to look it up. So it is in Buies Creek, North Carolina. I hope I'm saying Buies Creek. B-U-I-E-S. So that's what I'm going with. Uh, In North Carolina, and senior guard Jordan Whitfield leading them, the Camels, with 18.5 points per game so far. He's the younger brother of Shane Whitfield, who also played at Campbell for a couple years. Pretty good Whitfield family tradition going on down there at Campbell. Watch out for them. That's one of those teams you always see pop up in the tournament here and there. So looking uh, looking pretty good so far. So Conference USA, one of the better mid-major conferences. And they got a couple teams out quick. Florida International 4-0, UAB 5-0, and Rice, surprisingly, 4-0. So I'll have to dive into UAB a little bit more in some of the upcoming pods if they're out the gate that quick. In the MAC, Bowling Green and Ohio 4-1. For those that saw some of the video of last week's pod, so what I do is obviously there's the audio. You go on my YouTube and I take a couple clips, not the whole thing because I did that once and it's just a lot of work. But I'll take a couple segments and, and w- with the video because I also record video when I do this. I was wearing my Bowling Green shirt last week during the pod. I had a, one of my good friends and his wife went down to Ohio. And you can see I'm wearing an Ohio State shirt. I said, hey, get me some Ohio State stuff. Get anything, whatever. Give me a hoodie. I'll give you a few bucks. Just get it. She came back with a Bowling Green shirt. Now, not mad at it, but uh, was not the Ohio State shirt I was looking for. So they're, they're 4-0. Out the gate in the Mac and the Mac, one of my favorite conference in college basketball because it is tough basketball. It reminds me a little bit of you know Big East basketball back in the eighties. You know, it's tougher. No, not quite that tough. I mean, you've seen the 30 for 30 where guys are literally, you know, throwing punches and that, but a little bit of an older league in the Mac. Guys maybe bounced around a little bit. You know, it's not flashy. It's not pretty. It's rugged, tough basketball. And I love it. That's what I love. I love the old Big East hoops and, you know, maybe a a, a Knicks Indiana Pacers playoff series in the early 90s. You know, that is what I love. I had a chance to go down to Akron last year. My son was at a soccer camp. Akron's got one of the best soccer programs in in the U.S., national champs, a couple times past few years. But anyway, so we go down to the goalie camp. And while we were there, Went to go watch a basketball game. Went to go watch uh, Akron Kent State, and the the arena atmosphere, you know, at the Zips Arena was, you know, second to none. It was amazing. That's a good rivalry game for them. Their campus is pretty close to Park Kent State and Akron, but love the atmosphere. Love the basketball. Tough and great to see. If you can get yourself to Akron to to watch a game, I I enjoyed it. While we hey, we also went to Canton. Went to go see the. Um, football hall of fame that was a pretty cool experience so not only did you know my son and i enjoy the camp uh in the akron area i liked it we went we went by um the i promise school where that lebron james created so for those who aren't familiar lebron has created a school for for kids in his hometown of akron just unknowingly drove past it and had to say like, oh there's the i promise school stop took a couple of pictures so got the full akron tour came away blown away with their facilities you know their indoor, you know, uh, hangar or practice facility was amazing. Soccer field, baseball field, everything, basketball, all first class down there at Akron. Surprisingly, it's 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 awesome. Uh, another mid-major team to keep an eye on: Drake, the Bulldogs. They're five and zero in the Missouri Valley Conference. I've talked about Drake the past couple weeks, and that's I mean, I'm a Toronto guy, so every time I hear Drake, you know, I'm hearing song lyrics in my head. So forgive me, Drake Bulldog fans, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love me. I love me some Drake basketball, and I love me the Drake. Uh, one of the, the highest-ranked mid-major teams in the country, San Diego State, 5-0 right now. Jordan Shackle, or Shackle, hope I say it right, senior, uh, 15.2 points per game right now for the Aztecs. And last night, they beat Arizona State, the team ranked higher than them. 80-60, so pretty comfortable win against Arizona State. So San Diego only going to rise in the polls in the next couple weeks. They were top five uh, at, at a few points last year. So hopefully they're going to keep that thing rolling after the disappointing end to their season because, I mean, they had their destiny robbed from them. You know, they, they absolutely would have made a good run in the tournament. And, and had that taken from them absolutely rooting for San Diego State this year but they got a little bit of a tough schedule coming up so that undefeated season going to be put to the test quickly they got BYU on December 18th BYU 5-2 and two right now and St. Mary's on December 22nd they're 5-1 and one. so that's a pretty tough task of games coming up ahead of them so uh, San Diego State definitely going to be tested. Couple teams to keep an eye on in the OVC: Belmont and Eastern Kentucky, both four and one. I love the OVC, so I got my. I mean, obviously grew up loving college basketball, but I used to write for Mid Major Madness with SB Nation for a couple of years, and one of the conferences I was assigned to was the OVC, the Ohio Valley. So I had to dive into that pretty extensively, and I love it. So always keep an eye on that. And as well, Southland was the other conference that were my two. And then, you know, you kind of write stories here and there. But those are the two that I specifically covered. But uh, in the SOCON, a couple teams out the gate quick to keep an eye on. Mercer 5-0. I I talked about Mercer quite a bit in, what, episode three, I believe. I, I interviewed Greg Gary over the summer, their head coach, former Purdue assistant. And he's in his second year down at Mercer, has them 5-0 in Macon, Georgia. I got the chance to go down to Macon. I talked about that a little bit in the pod, spent a couple of days in Macon, Georgia back in January. Loved the town uh, and, and had a really good time. Man, damn, their sports bars down there are just amazing. You go in and, you know, there's 100 basketball games on, football. It's just, you know, in, in Canada, you go to a sports bar, there's hockey, and you have to beg them to maybe put some NBA on or. Yeah, it's 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 tough going. And then when sometimes when you ask, hey, well, if there's a leaf game on, I walk into a bar in Toronto, don't you dare ask to put anything else on. It's just like people will that'll get you hurt. But there's other times when you go in, there's a Winnipeg Jets game on, I'll ask, "Hey, you put some NBA on something." And uh, it's usually a tough go, but not not a problem in Macon, Georgia. Other teams in the SoCon, Chattanooga 5 and 0, Citadel 5 and 0, Western Carolina 5 and 1, so the SoCon off to a good start. In the Southland, I've talked about this team all throughout the pod. This is a team to watch out for mid-majors this year. Abilene Christian in the Southland. They're 5-1 and one with their only loss to Texas Tech. I watched the second half of that game the other night while I was at work. For those that don't know, aside from doing the mid-major undrafted free agent podcast. I'm a traffic reporter for some of the bigger radio stations here in Toronto, including TSN 1050, which is the sports network. That's our ESPN. Uh, news Talk 1010, which is it's a top five radio station in Toronto. It's one of the biggest stations in the country. So it's all news talk. No, no, very little sports. Uh, Flow 93.5, which is the hip-hop station, which I enjoy because I like. And also Jewel 88.5, which is light hits, some jazz. Um, and you can hear me on there. I also do play-by-play and for Orangeville Prep, which I'll talk about briefly, and I've also done play-by-play in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. It's a professional bat. New one. It's two years old in Canada, and games on CBC and TSN television, and I've done the play-by-play there. Yeah, let's uh, keep an eye on Abilene Christian. That only loss they have to Texas Tech while I was at work. I mean, they had the game. It was a two-point game with about 90 seconds left, and they were in it. They had the chance to upset you know, Chris Beard and Texas Tech, But it was the last 90 seconds, a couple sloppy giveaways, and Tech ended up pulling away late. But to me, it was Abilene Christian handed them the game more than than Texas Tech beat them. So watch out for Abilene Christian moving ahead. That is a damn good team. And finally, West Coast Conference, of course, Gonzaga, mid-major team to watch out for. They're the number one damn team in the country, 5-0. I'll pause right now. And St. Mary's, who I just mentioned, 5-1. I think their only loss was to Memphis, I believe, one of the first, if not the first game of the season. Watch that. They got ran out the gym but, of course, have settled down. BYU 5-2 and two, as well as the San Francisco Dons 5-2. and two. They had that big win over number four Virginia, the big upset, with 35-year-old head coach Todd Golden. Now, one team that gets the gas face right now, which is the thumbs down. So there's, there's two people out there that are going to get my late 80s, early 90s hip-hop reference of the gas face. Look up a group called Third Base. It's white guys rapping. Uh, but great song called The Gas Face. But um, so North Florida, 0-7 to start 2021. You get the gas face. The Ospreys, there's a couple teams that are 0-6, but no one's 0-7 other than North Florida. So that's who get the gas face right now. So the big announcement I wanted to talk about is I'm going to be involved in a TV show and the TV show is going to air on CBC starting January 15th. It's called Anyone's Game and it follows Orangeville Prep, the number one high school team in Canada. Where Jamal Murray came out of other NBA guys, uh, O'Shea Brissett with the Raptors, who just signed a new deal, Lou Dort with uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, Kyle Alexander with the Miami Heat. Who am I missing? I don't know there's a bunch of. Oh, Ignis Brzdikas, a couple other guys. So those are just the NBA guys, never mind probably 30, 40 kids right now playing Division One hoops out of that program over the past couple of years. So CBC, which is like in Canada, that's our NBC, you know, CBS, it's a major network. And they followed the boys around with cameras, six episodes, and my voice. They're going to use all my play-by-play calls, or a lot of them, anyways, throughout the show. And they had me voice over a couple others. They're in the grind session league in the U.S. So aside from playing in the OSBA here in Ontario, which is the top... High School League in Canada, Ontario Scholastic Basketball Association. They play in the grind session. And uh, they got, you know, you'll see a bunch of grind session games. I know one of the games I saw, a Rough Cut, against Prolific Prep, which Jalen Green and all those kids. And so some of the games they didn't like, the commentators they had, they had me re-record some of the big calls. And then also I created like a, they had me create like a fictional radio show surrounding the team, some of the voiceovers. So the director, when he called me, he said, oh, can I give you an idea of kind of what I want it to sound like? I go, Friday Night Lights, Odessa Permian, and I've got the high school football, in this case, basketball talk show. And he's like, "That that is it. So I had to do a few kind of script reads of you know, talking about, hey, can Orangeville Prep go undefeated this year, and but do it like it was a Texas high school football show. So that was pretty cool. Excited to be a part of that. So some of the kids you're going to see on that show, and I know they're working on deals to get this in the U.S., but... Some of the kids you will see that are playing college basketball right now, well, we'll start with the mid-major kids. So Kyler Filowich, who's down at Southern Illinois, big 6'9", center forward, love Kyler, kid out of Winnipeg, was a high school football star. He had offers to play O-line and D-line in football. He's built, man, he, you see him when you see the kid, 6'9", he's built like an, a, a D-lineman, and he's got great feet. But, uh, you know, basketball, more of his passion. I know, so that's his, both his parents played college basketball, I believe. And uh, he's down with the Salukis After a good start. Um, Coleman Stuka, who this is a kid I think has an NBA chance, definitely pro. Uh, He's down at Northeastern along with Alex Nawaga. So both these kids from Orangeville Prep, and they're part of the TV show. Shamar Rattan-Mays is at Youngstown State. I saw he started the first game of the season for the Penguins at Youngstown State. So Shamar, the younger brother of Xavier Rattan-Mays, the former Florida State star, who had a cup of coffee in the NBA with Memphis. I think he played six or seven games with Memphis in... 2018, so he got to the league, and I know he's been tearing up the G League, and he also played in the CEBL. I called a couple of Xavier's games. Uh, it's a summer league. or they, I think they play like May to September in the CEBL, so it varies from the, doesn't affect, It's a lot of guys from the G League and stuff in that league doesn't affect the guys playing Europe. And I, I love Shamar. I got four years, called his games. Great kid, one of my favorite players ever, to come through Orangeville. He's going to be on the show. Who else am I missing? Oh, Jeff Nagandu, who's down at Seton Hall as a freshman, and then Matthew Alexander Moncrief, one of the best players in the country. Right now, this kid is is already off to a great start. Wait till you see MA. And if you haven't watched an Oklahoma State game this year, the kid is fantastic. Who am I missing? Well, Dyson Frank, who played at – he's going to play at Pace University. D2 – oh, that's it. Justice Prentice is at Purdue Fort Wayne. So they got kids. This is all from the same – the same program they are good watch out for anyone's game it's called orangeville prep and i'm going to be the voice of the show so pretty cool so one of the things i did want to get to uh i talked about it at the gate nato's coach k so yesterday at nato's his press conference reporter asked him you know about coach k talked about how he wants to cancel the season and how can we play during a pandemic and how dare we and whatever it's it's such a i'm, I'm tired of the corona bros it's so frustrating because we have sat here at home You know, and I have watched, you know, since, you know, this this pandemic has been going on, I watched the German Bundesliga come back and everyone's healthy. The English Premier League in soccer, MLS soccer. These guys are playing games with fans in the stands, Uh, Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, college football. We sit and watch this every week. There hasn't been a single health issue. That has come of any COVID diagnosis and any of the 10,000 false positives that have happened. No significant health issues at all from any player anywhere in the world or any coach. And now Coach K loses two games and he wants to cancel the damn season. Stop. I'm not one of those, you know, I, I don't bleed Duke blue. You know, I don't buy into it. I, I don't believe that Coach K is this angelic figure, this majestic be-all, end-all of college basketball. Look, Coach K's done some great things. But to me, I think he's just as, you know, he's just as shysty as the rest of them. Everything that, that Rick Pitino was up to that you hear, that he got canned from Louisville for, Coach K's doing these same damn things. Zion Williamson's father is on FBI wiretaps talking to uh, an assistant coach at Kansas, talking about... How much money he wants. I want a six-figure payment. I want a job. I want my expenses paid for. You know, the, our living expenses while we're there. And, you know, this is... Zion's dad's giving those numbers to Kansas. This is... It's not like Zion's dad's giving those numbers to, like, Campbell or Abilene Christian. Be like, hey, man, you, you want me to come to one of the non-Blue Bloods? It's going to cost you. No, these, these are the Blue Bloods. So, anything Kansas is doing and Louisville's doing, you're damn right Duke's doing it. They just... Are a little bit better at it than other people. So I don't buy into this, old Coach K holier-than-thou nonsense. I got to cover Duke in person. I got to interview Coach K a couple times. While they Duke came up to Canada, followed him around for a week. And it's one of those, you know, when the cameras are in front of them, you can see he's on. But when you're following him around the rink and stuff like that and, you know, just walking in the arenas, he's not the same dude you see in front of the camera. So uh, not buying it. And damn, I am thankful NATO's finally called him out. This is what he had to say. And he also focused on the mental health of some of the players and some of that great stuff, which isn't talked about enough. So, Nate Oates, Alabama head coach, at his press conference yesterday.
1: Can I ask you something? I just want to know your opinion. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. So, I uh, look, here's here's my deal on it. I think we'd have a whole lot more problems if we weren't playing games. Like, they, they I mean, don't, everybody – talks about co- here's the other thing if COVID is so bad all these co- I, I'm look I'm trying to do my best to keep the mask up I've already had COVID so I don't even I technically I shouldn't have to keep it up nobody can get it from me No, I'm still within the 150 days that the NCA's recommended I see all these other guys that haven't had it and they're masked down the whole game it's like they got a chin strap on so if they're really worried about COVID you'd think their mask would be up the whole, whole game right like I mean they. so I think some of them are, are using a uh, no, we should be playing, in my opinion. We 100% should be playing basketball. Nobody talks about the mental. I, I, there's a kid, out of Detroit that went to another high major that I just talked to his uncle the other day because his uh, his cousin played for me in Detroit. He went to a high major school somewhere. Mental health issue. Came home because he was quarantined for weeks on end when he got there. Like, what are, what are these guys gonna do? If I got three daughters, like I they. They need to be in school. Like humans aren't made to sit alone in isolation for weeks and weeks on end. We we gotta we gotta be careful with how we do life, but you still gotta do life. Part of life, a huge part of life for all these guys I'm coaching is being in the gym playing basketball. So I think their mental health is in a much better spot playing basketball. I think the school, the SEC, the NCAA has done a Really good job making sure that we're not putting any of them in danger. So, I no, I don't agree with them at all. And I, you answered the question for me.
0: One of the things that Nate didn't even mention in this, you know, you hear him talking about human beings. We need to get out. We need to be around people. Nate's wife Crystal has battled cancer for the past couple of years. When I, you know, Nate. Former head coach at Buffalo interviewed him a number of times, and he talked very candidly about you know his wife's battle with cancer and you know how it's affected their family. And so, if there's ever a coach that would want to band down the hatches, hide under the blankets, hide away from the world in fear of you know affecting his wife or you know and 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 her health, Nate's a guy out there saying you know we got to get on with life. He's got a lot more to worry about than a heck of a lot more than all of us about bringing something home. And he's saying we got to get on with life. We got to live, and so I'm so thankful he's done that. And so one of the reasons why I'm talking about this is because you know when Nate was at Buffalo, talked to him about that and some of the great things he's done. So here's his comments about talking about his wife's health, and maybe that'll give you some context of, of some of the comments he said yesterday. Yeah, she we
2: uh she gets the um CAT scans every what is it? I think it's every six months now. She uh. The last one was good we we had it maybe a month or so ago so 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 far i mean it's been it'll be two years uh this coming spring so it's been just over a year and a half since her bone marrow transplant so she would have been going through her first kind of like she did six rounds of chemo so two years ago at this time she'd been going in for her first you know of those six rounds of chemo so so it's 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 good you know it's been almost two years now you know, we can get to about year three. That's when they say it'll be. You never want to say you're in the clip this thing because it's a scary disease. But if you can get three years out without it coming back, like then you're, you're, your odds are much better. So right now everything's good. God's been great. She's got her hair back. She's starting to feel a lot better. She went on the Cayman Islands trip and took the family down there. She she had a great time. So we're, we're praising God for what he's done so far.
0: She's still around and she's doing great. And hopefully, hopefully it never comes back again. So when Nate was at Buffalo, man, did he have a good team. He was there from 2015 to 2019, and that's his first Division I head coaching gig. 2017-18, they were 27-9, and 9, and then 2018-19, 32-4, one of the best teams in the country. Damn, they were good that year, and uh, that's what helped land him the job down at Alabama. Two-time MAC coach of the year, but prior to being the head coach, he was the assistant under Bobby Hurley. And that was his first ever assistant gig. Prior to that, he was the head coach at Romulus High School in Detroit for 10 years. He was also a math teacher. He talked to me a lot about that and how never really had these aspirations to be this big-time coach. But Alas kind of tripped and fell into it based on being a good guy. You know, when you talk to Nate, you hear it in those comments yesterday kind of show that. But um, – he, he explained to me what it was like coaching under Bobby Hurley. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a guy, you know, 90s guy, loved, you know, talked about, I just sat here and crapped on Duke, and now I'm going to sit here and preach the Bible of Bobby Hurley and what he's meant to college basketball. But, you know, one of the greatest guards to, to ever step foot on the court, him and Leitner, perhaps the greatest tandem in the history of college basketball. And uh, Nate explained to me what it was like coaching under Bobby Hurley. Nate, you and I are close in age, and I grew up watching Bobby Hurley and those great Duke teams. Uh, you talk about some of the things you learned working for, with Bobby for a few years.
2: Yeah, see, I, I did the same thing. I grew up. I remember where I was when Christian Leitner hit the shot in Kentucky,
0: and so do I. One. So do I. And yeah, that might be the
2: best college game I still ever seen. I mean, it, so it's like one of those deals. Like, grow up, kind of huge basketball fan, watching him. Then, you know, I got to know him and his brother through. I knew him a little bit when he was at Wagner, but then I really got to know them guys well and they recruited my kid E. C. So then the opportunity presents itself, you know, he interviews me for the job, he offers me the job and I toyed with you know, when I first got the high school job I, I would have probably taken any division one job in the country anywhere. But then I, I as you get a little bit older, you got a family, you start to realize that the division one jobs ain't So, some of those guys are moving every two years with a family. That's not what I wanted to do. So I kind of got to the point where I told Bobby this in the interview. Like, I was to the point where, like, look, I'd be happy being a high school coach like, like Bob Senior and just building like a great program at Romulus and that. But when you get an opportunity to work for a guy like Bobby Hurley with, with as big a name as he had and his, his career and his passion for basketball and his pedigree with his dad coaching background, like, uh, that was, to me, that was too good of an opportunity
0: to pass off. So one of the things I find funny about Alabama this year and Nate, they're 3-1, and one, off to a good start in the SEC, but two of their big recruits this year, Canadians, Josh Primo, is guard out of Toronto, I called a couple of Josh's high school games, and Keon Ellis, who I got to be around a little bit during BioSteel All-Canadian Week, which is the McDonald's All-American Week, and I do play-by-play for that and interview all the kids for that. When we spoke when he was at Buffalo, I was busting his balls because Buffalo at that time had no Canadian players on it. So anytime I talk to a coach, I'm like, hey, why, why do you like – they don't, they don't have Canadians. Why don't you have Canadian guys? So Nate kind of slagged recruiting Toronto. Oh, it's overdone. It's overdone. Listen to these comments. And the irony is now he's got two kids from Toronto that are – help making the change for him down there in, in Alabama. So you said you were up here with, with your wife and that. Were you up here recruiting or just kind of like a weekend away? Ah. Um.
2: We just went up there. We we recruit up there a little bit, but...
0: I noticed you didn't have any Canadians, which is, you know, for Buffalo, that's that's surprising, you know?
2: It is. We My first year, we had three, and then it went to uh, nothing within one year. So if they're there, I'll tell you what, though. Here's the deal with Canada. Canada went from under-recruited to over-recruited in a hurry. They, like, it, for a while, it was under-recruited. Then all of a sudden, they get two first-round picks back-to-back. You know, Anthony Bennett and Wiggins. Now everybody's trying to find the next gym in Canada. You know, and they like all the, all the under the radar kids are now, are now over. It's, it's like almost Toronto's become like New York City. Like, 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 like it gets over recruited because everybody needs to get up in Toronto and find the next Wiggins. And, you know, all the, all the, I that's good. You know, Boucher came out of that, Oregon's done a really good job, but they got, you know, Mike Meninger there. But I mean, if they're there, and we've got a relationship with a guy, and we can get a guy that we feel like is, but I don't want to just take Canadians just because we're the closest good school to Canada either. So if it presents itself to recruit them, like we recruit them, we just haven't, we felt like we've gotten better kids elsewhere in
0: the U.S., and that's what we've gone with. So that's Nate Oates, current head coach of the University of Alabama, but former Buffalo Bulls head coach. And that's why we're talking about it here on the Mid-Major Podcast. But I just think his comments, so important, not just for major conference calls, basketball, but for all. Like when you go down to D3, D2, men and women, these kids need to play. The mental health aspect is so important. Being around their teammates, being around the guys, being around the girls, whatever. It's so important for the kids. And wanting to shut that down from a guy like Coach K, who's a multi-millionaire, who's already won a couple national championships. He's already achieved kind of everything he's ever wanted to in life and then some. But there's a lot of us out there that haven't achieved that. We, we want to have that success. And so you can sit at home with your millions and hide under the covers, Coach K. There's others of us who have things we want to achieve in life, and namely a lot of his players and a lot of other kids in college basketball, and myself included. So, so thankful the kids are playing. I hope they don't listen to, you know, the kodgy old guy. You know, the old man yells at cloud. And uh, listen to the young and vibrant Nate Oates and, and those who think like Tom Izzo came out in support of Nate Oates, talking about you know 20 year old kids need to be around their teammates, not pulled up at home, and th- this is better for them. So, some other big voices chiming in to the conversation. And I, I, hey, we already got robbed of one NCAA tournament. We're not letting them rob us of a second. So thanks for listening to the kind of mid-major podcast today. I'm Chris McKee. Of course, don't forget, check out the website, undraftedfreeagent.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. And of course, follow us on our Undrafted Free Agent socials. We're trying to build that. The beating of my heart.